Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply. It is Bert Lehman. It is Ryan Aho. It is Puka. And it is the day after Vikings Packers from the beautiful Blue Line Brew Studio. Bert, did you get held up at the airport? Have anything to do with the Packers loss? That's how we got to start at the top. I don't uh, Maybe I was wearing my Packer. Wearing my Packer shirt in the Minneapolis airport, and uh, <laughs> apparently it didn't it didn't help. <laughs> Ryan, did thought... you see the, the game? The game was so rough on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers actually in the hospital today. Did you see that, Bert? Uh, no, I did not see that. Bad case of scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god that's, that's why I mean you guys got the win um it's always tough to win in Minneapolis so I wasn't necessarily expecting a win but uh I was hoping it would be I was hoping they'd play a little bit better than what they did I mean if uh that Packer rookie wide receiver if he catches that bomb maybe it's a different game but it, hey, it doesn't all matter I heard at this was point. No Devontae Adams, no problem. That's all I heard. No Devontae <laughs> Adams, no problem. He could catch. This guy can't catch, right? I just so. saying. And, and, and just so you know, that average quarterback, Kirk Cousins, five and four all time against uh, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. Just want really? to point that out. Yeah, just well, want that, to point that out. Does that include his time for the Redskins or just with the bikes? Yeah. Really? Yep. It wow. includes that. So. Just saying. I'm just saying. So let's let's get to some racing. Let's yeah. get to some racing. <laughs> so you talked about dirt track supply. Huge shout out, of course, to Ron and Trevor over there, Watertown, South Dakota. I'm excited. I get to go out and see them guys here in a couple weeks. So excited for that. We'll talk more about that next week. But I'm going to be heading west out to the Casino Speedway. Always pumped to get out that direction. But, you know, this is the time of year, right? Invitational season is here. Get your parts that you need, but during the off-season, right, make sure to get your stuff early. If you're looking to switch chassis, they got the Aero chassis. They win a bunch of races. Those guys do a great job, and they do a lot of great things for uh, for dirt track racing. So thanks, Ron and Trevor, for that. So, Puka, where should we start? Yeah, well, like we always like to do, we have a little trip down memory lane, trying to get the juices flowing right at the beginning here, get you guys some pictures here for those of you on, on YouTube and Facebook. So we'll do our Blast of the Past brought to you, Ryan, by Impact Health Sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with that, Impact Health Sharing, uh, you know, open enrollment right around the corner, business owners, self-employed people. If you pay for your own health care, shoot me a message, shoot me a text, I'll get you a quote. I've been able to save people a lot of money, and I'm talking thousands of dollars um, over the course of a year, oh, some people over a thousand dollars a month. So give me a give me a call, give me a text. I'll see if I can help you out. And I got an epic fail here. Maybe Bert, while we're ta- while I'm talking, can jump on after each. Do you have any forty fives, Bert? First of all, or one forty fives? Either one of you. Um, I have a couple of forty fives. I got an epic fail on my part. Our late model expert Jeff sent me over a one forty five. That was at the World 100. He was there. There was a 145 there. So I'm on my phone on here. Puka, you're actually on the on the computer. Can you just look at Eldora really quick to see who that 145 is? I should I should have that in front of me. Forgot to write it down. Sorry, Jeff. But before we get into 45s, because it's episode 145, I do have a number 145, right? So 
Dave Erickson, a racer from over in the Rice Lake area. He ran street stocks, super stocks, modifieds. Um, he's got a pile of wins over in Rice Lake and actually related to some friends of mine, Ryan and Tito Viltz, distant relatives to Buzzy and Dave Adams. And, you know, Doc Simple actually helped him get started racing. He raced with Ryan and Tito's dad in the, in the, in the Rice Lake area. So don't know much about him, but I do remember a pretty cool looking number 145 bonafide. I might even have a picture of it at home if I could ever get back there and take a look. But uh, if, if anybody from the Rice Lake area, if you have any stories about him, go ahead and post it in the comments. We'd love to hear a little bit more about this guy. So while Puka, did you find that 145? Yeah, I'm looking here, and I do not have a 45 or 145. So, Bert, you can you can carry on. Uh, well, um, one is I can't remember the driver's first name, uh, but last last week when I wasn't on the show, I had given you a Leroy Rodant number 44. But there's also another Rodant that raced that was number 45 at the same time, and. Okay. Uh, they're all relation to current late model driver, Kyle Redan. So uh, um, I apologize for not researching it to find out the driver's first name, but I know there was a 45 Redan because the, the, the 44 and the 45 were painted in similar, similar paint schemes. And um, the other one would be uh, Larry Drayfall. He raced late models um, at Channel Speedway in the, uh, 1980s and early 1990s. All right. That's cool stuff. So, Puka, what'd you I got, find? I got our guy from Canal, Winchester, Ohio, Chase Franapafel? Franapafel? Yeah, it, it's like it's, it's, harder, it's harder than saying <laughs> right? I mean, there's all kinds of letters like year and nine and this guy's name. So, there was a 145 late model at the World 100. I don't know how to pronounce that either. Glad I gave that uh, job to you. So, Puka, you live in Grand Rapids now, and yes. you don't have 45. You don't have a 45. You live in Grand Rapids. You don't well, have a I mean, past. I don't have a past 45. I've got some current. Well, unless it's the father. Grandpa, John Brokings, okay. right? Yeah. He's going to whoop your ass. Them Brokings are rowdy, right? Hey, I had so to play I'm hockey gonna... against Jeff. So did you. He's, well, he's yeah, the cousin. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So One tough cookie. Thing. You forget that one. They're going to find you. <laughs> and, and Big John will going to whoop your ass. It just is what it is. So the Broking, just another legacy in racing, right? You know, Big John Broking, Hall of Famer over at the Donlinger Ford Grand Rapids Speedway. Um, He got inducted in. He had a storied career. Of course, you know, his brother raced, his nephew, his son, his son Bob Broking still races, 45 modified, actually the track champion at the Grand Rapids Speedway, the promoter over there as well. And then, of course, the next generation, Johnny Broking, who that's my pick. We'll talk more about him in just a little bit here. That's one of my picks. But Johnny Broking getting her done, he's going to be fun to watch. He was last year, if you remember, at the 100. 25th or 26th to second actually slid for the lead it was a hell of a show looking forward to him doing that again he put on a show earlier this year at the rv show down there as well maybe didn't make friends with a couple people but he has a lot of friends so he's okay with that he's more interested in winning races so the broken family that's a huge one now another grand rapids guy okay i'll give you a i'll give you a hint right his son and his grandson both raced in the Pierstock division this year. Well, it must be a fink bone. 
must be a Finkbone. George Finkbone was in the 45, actually one of the best track prep guys ever. George Finkbone actually called it quits a couple of years ago from doing the track. The track was a debacle in Grand Rapids. They rehired him. He came back. He fixed it. But get this, Puka. When I first started racing, I didn't even have a driver's license. I hadn't even gone to driver's training, which is even more common now, right? right. So I was in a, in a, I guess it was a Thunder car, 72 Impala, big old boat. And I remember a story, two stories about George Finkbone. The first one, when I bought my car, I partnered up with Gary Tuin. Yeah. Him and Bill Matsdorf were bringing over a parts car, you know, to drop off over at my dad's, right? They rolled over the truck and trailer on, by Snowball Lake on their way over to bring that car there. Jessica Burdick, right, is, which is Bill Matsdorf's daughter, flew right out the window. She was little, flew right out the window. Somehow, luckily, someone was looking out for her. George Finkbone crushed his ankle in that one so he reminds me of that every once in a while when it's a little sore (laughs) racing my first year no i didn't have a clue right i mean i was still wet behind the ears had no clue what the hell i was doing i'll never forget it he passed me and we hooked bumpers right so my front bumper hooked on his rear bumper i think it was in a heat race i didn't know what to do so i just dynamited the brakes and next thing you know i'm last he's second to last he's like what the hell were you doing you got to hit the gas we were hooked like this and he still brings that up every single time but george finkbone uh another hall of famer over at the grand rapids speedway a couple buddies of mine i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a hint okay you should know this proctor lots of people in this family have raced one of the family members who would be i guess uh, i believe a cousin to one of these guys won the Midwest mod portion of the Northern Nationals this past weekend. I don't know. A Nelson? Inman. Inman. Oh, Inman. So, <laughs> Inman. So, here, big Terry Inman. You know, obviously Terry. And then Lauren Inman. Terry was 45. He ran Supers. He ran Midwest mods. I think he might have ran a mod. I, I should know that. But then Lauren, he's ran, you know, a lot in the Midwest mods. But I was asking him for some stories. I had this thing, you know, we always had the point average lined up. And I used to like to pull up, let's say I was like 10th in a feature or whatever, and there was a yellow. I'd like to pull up next to somebody and, and do one of these. Just give them a little bit of a rod and reel. <laughs> and that was our, that was my thing, right? He goes, I'll never forget it. He goes, me and my cousin Jeremy were, were in a race over at the Proctor Speedway. All of a sudden, here comes Terry, pulls up next to us, gives us a rod and reel. Like, I'm coming. He's like, yeah, whatever. He started way too far back. He goes, sure as shit. Next lap after the green, Terry goes driving right on by him. He goes, he actually was there. He goes, that was kind of a cool memory. And then he actually sent me a picture. I'll post this on the show. Of He had a big old boat. It must have been an Impala also. But uh, he ran a 45 then. And you remember Chad and Clint Larson? Yeah. They used to play race car in that car when they were growing up. They weren't even old enough to, you know, know what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, use the clay that was in there. Yeah, probably. They'd get inside the car, and I think they were probably taking turns announcing. I'm sure Chad and Clint were fighting because Chad and Clint did all the time. But he said a lot of great memories in the 45. So there's some pretty cool ones there. Let's jump on to the next segment. All righty. So we're going to get into the top five moments. A lot happened this week, or, you know, Getting into this invitational season here. So the top five moments brought to you by Brad Parsons, Egg Solutions. 
Yeah, this is the best time of year, you know, and this is time of year. You better be getting a hold of Brad. If you're in agriculture, if you're in farming, western Minnesota, the Dakotas, he's got a lot of great products that can help you increase productivity, increase your yields, increase profitability. He's got stuff that you can mix right with your current spray packages. You know, you don't have to, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You don't have to go spray your whole field with this stuff, but give it a try because he's getting a lot of good reports, a lot of very good results. And I tell you what, if you're farming, you're, you're looking to make some money. He's a guy that can help you. So All right. Uh, yeah. Let's kick it off. Number five, another Northern Nationals and another DQ'd winner. Oh, tech stuff, right? So I'm going to start out by saying this. I've been really hard, really hard on the tech guy over at the Gondic Law Speedway. I'm going to start by saying I got to give him props because he might be one of the only guys that even techs. Like half these places don't tech anything, right? So two years in a row. Remember last year, Johnny Broking won the Northern Nationals, got disqualified. There was a debacle the next day. We don't need to get into all that. Midwest Mod feature this past weekend, Saturday night, um, David Swearingen, who's won that race before, maybe a couple times, super fast, doesn't race much. Dino Don Swearingen, right? Remember him? So David Swearingen, obviously family. He went on to win, goes through tech, disqualified 30 day suspension, $100 fine, which tells you not a big deal because it's only a $100 fine. But he got take the win got taken away. That went to Andrew Inman. By the way, before all this, this was probably the best race of the night. It was a good race. They were battling. It was a good race. What he got disqualified for is if you take your intake manifold, you put your carburetor on top, there's a spacer that goes in between it. That spacer and the gasket material cannot exceed one and three-eighths inches, okay? He was a sixteenth of an inch over. Means nothing. First of all, I mean, I get it. I've He's not the first person I've heard of being disqualified for this. A rule's a rule. Oversight on their part. I was talking to some other people. It's like, when I raced, I knew that was a rule. I measured it. I checked it. They're bad. They should have been on top of that. Did that make them win? Absolutely not. Had nothing to do with it. Weird that they would find 116. I mean, you really, really got to be looking to find 116th of an inch. I mean, that is so minute. But it's one of those things. It's like... Should a person, in your opinion, right, as as fans, should a person really get a 30-day Wasoda suspension for a 16th of inch of gasket material? Go ahead, Bert. No, I, I, I think a 30-day suspension is kind of excessive for that. Um, uh, I mean, it, is, it, is it because it's with the motor that there's a suspension or – I'm guessing, I'm guessing they considered a performance deal, but I mean, okay. quite honestly, and from what I understand, Wissota is going to look a little closer at some of this stuff in the off season. There's been discussion on this about should stuff like this be an automatic 30 or if it's something minute where the tech guy says, you know, look, it's illegal, does not meet specifications, but didn't really make him win. Fine. Disqualify him. Right. No different than being light, right. right? Qualify him. But a 30-day suspension, the people that are losing out are the racetracks that are having specials here at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And the fans, right? They're the ones losing out. He don't race for points. He didn't get second on points at a track. But, you know, I, I think that uh, that's a little bit too stiff, or a lot bit too stiff of a penalty for something that minute. And, again, you know, I mean, it, it was the right call. It was the right call. It, need, uh, it did not meet specifications. But 
uh, I think that's something they need to look at. Little stiff, little stiff. All right, so the 16th annual John Seitz Memorial is going out on Grand Forks. A uh, little late model race. However, we want to shine the light on the street stocks a little bit, Ryan. This 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 cat does this multiple times. So the Wolverine, Justin Vogel, was rolling off P1 in the A-Main for the Seitz Memorial on Saturday night, and uh, they offered him some extra money. Now, from what I understand... There was X amount of money offered by the track if he were to win from last. He was supposed to be pulled, took the back row challenge. If he won, he was going to get some extra money. Also, from what I understand, fans put in some extra money, and they said, here's the deal. If you even do this, we'll guarantee you this amount of money. Well, he drove from, I believe, 24th, 26th, somewhere deep, right, up to 3rd just a little bit shy but his winnings were over $1,800 which was more than the feature winner got so he put on a hell of a show I got to give a tip of the cap because when, when things like that happen he's like hey I'm out of the points he's, he's gonna get second in the national points Dykoff's gonna win it he's like I, I did the math I figured if I could get up into the top five I was gonna make just as much money you know so that wasn't a factor he goes but if I won, it was going to be really cool. And, and he likes to put on a show for the crowd. I mean, Justin Vogel's super, super fun guy. I mean, a, a fan favorite. And this is another example why. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you, Justin. All right, Bert, we'll go to you on this one. JD takes it home at Eldora. Five out of the last seven tries is something like that. Uh, he's won five out of the last eight years or so. Yeah, seven or eight years. And, uh, it's just an amazing run that he is on at Eldora. And, um, I mean, what's amazing is, you know, when he, when he lost a ride with Clint Boyer's team, uh, I mean, he made reference to this when he won the, his first Lucas championship was, uh, um, he said that Boyer had told him that, that, that he, Davenport would never amount to anything as a super late model driver. And uh, I, I think, I think, uh, I don't know if that put a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, but I mean, he's, I mean, now it's almost to the point where you go to the track now and you just expect him to win. And, um, you know, he's only 38 years old and he has five world 100 wins already, you know, one behind Moyer for the all-time most, you know, it's like he's got a lot of racing ahead of him yet. You know, how many worlds could he wind up winning before the end of his career? And, I mean, I know it's too early to talk about this now, but, I mean, when do you start talking about throwing Davenport in with the GOAT conversation? <laughs> oh, he's... Oh, easy now. That's a, that's a little better. I mean, he's great. He is, but it's a. I think it's a little. Well, I, I said I said it was a little early, but you know, but it's you know, eventually. Yeah, people are talking about that already. It, it's out there. You know, I mean, it's definitely out there. It's. I don't think everybody's willing to quite go there yet, but it's. It's definitely a conversation piece we're going to be hitting over the next couple of years. Do you well, have any comments? Right? I do. So Puka, I mean. Goose sent us over some stats. How close is he to the two mil? Last year, we were making a big deal. Brandon Overton could hit a million. Obviously, JD won a million dollar race or just over a million. How close is he to hitting that two million mark? Yep. So his total earnings right now, according to Goose, 1.75. 
Well, what one million seven hundred fifty thousand one hundred forty-four dollars. So he's about a quarter million, two hundred forty-nine thousand eight fifty-six away. So we've got what? Is it fifty thousand this weekend in Knoxville? Yeah, it's twenty-two thousand Tuesday night at Fairbury. It's oh. seven thousand each prelim night yeah. at at Knoxville, and then it's fifty thousand to win the late model national. So if you were to win everything, right, that would be. Seventy-two, seventy-nine, eighty-six thousand dollars, right there. Right now, yeah. I, I already did my picks. That ain't happening. But I'm just and, <laughs> I mean, there's some big paying XR races coming up too. Of that, you know, he goes to all of those. So, yeah, dirt I mean, he, world championship. He yeah, he's he's, he's championship he, hundred. He definitely has a shot at two million. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I took the over on this when we discussed this a few weeks ago. And I think Charlotte at the end of last year didn't. They, I think they bumped up Charlotte the World Finals just a little bit uh, for this coming year too. I think they bumped that up because that wasn't a really good. I think it was was it ten, ten, fifteen or something like that. But I think they bumped that up a little bit too. And like I said, the XR. Now that's the X factor kind of thing, you know, because they've got they've got some big stuff too. And that will be the same weekend as the Gateway. Correct, the one down in the XR, yeah, yeah, the XR. yeah, and they've got some in October too. But because yeah, I got them right here, yeah, they've too. got XR's got uh, they got Kokomo. Next oh no, week. North Wilkesboro got canceled, so we don't have to worry yeah. about that. But they got isn't Kokomo next Kokomo, week? Yeah, yeah, Kokomo is coming, um, and and two. XR has that double down thing going on too. Vegas, yep, yeah. Yep. So he's yeah, he's gonna be right there, no question. He is. So, so I, I got a comparison here for you, right? If you had to compare on on our local scene, the guys that we know in our area, who would you compare Jonathan Davenport to? Cool. You want to take it first, or you want me to go? <laughs> I mean, I would say, I, and it doesn't I mean, have to be a late model guy. No, okay. Well, I, well, I would say if it was a late model guy, it'd probably be Jimmy Mars around here because he is still a threat to win every night. <laughs> Ryan almost had a heart attack. <laughs> he is still a threat. I mean, he, he comes out the proctor, he wins it. Um, you know, remember last year he went to the Yeah, you know, and, and, yeah I, I'm going to say Shane Sabraski, particularly in the Supers. He's Sabraski's dominant, right? I mean, literally, he should win every race. I mean, he's in a league of his own. JD this year, dominant, league of his own, right? Both of them pretty quiet, kind of humble, right? They don't really say too much or just kind of, they don't really have that outgoing, like loud personality. You know, if you, and they're quite honestly, no disrespect to Shane, he's one of the best, but they're boring to watch. They're awful boring. I mean, they're good. They're technical. They're smooth. They're going to the front, but it's just like, he's not that selling t-shirts guy like Turbo or Bobby Pierce. He's not that aggressive. He doesn't have that, Scott Bloomquist polarizing personality. He's just kind of like dominant and quiet. He just is. It's almost kind of like he's boring. And and Shane, I love you, man, but kind of boring. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. So and and quite honestly, he's he's like he got booed quite a bit at Eldora at the World. He talked about it in his post race deal, and he's like, "What do you think of that?" He goes, "I think it's cool. I need it." Right? He goes, "That's good for the sport. I mean, I'm glad I can make this. You know." be that loud because that means i'm doing something right he goes obviously he wants everybody to be a fan but when you're winning that much he's like i don't want to see anybody dominate unless it's me he said you know but and that's what he is i mean right now it's kind of that 
I've seen people talk on, on 2020 and on, on Facebook. It's kind of wrecking late model racing, right? It's like, okay, he's going to win. All right, now who's going to get second, <laughs> right? And that's kind of what it's been. I mean, he's been that good this year. Yeah, I, I have a couple of comments. First, uh, on the local scene, in eastern Wisconsin, I would say Nick Avalink in the late model division. I mean, when when you're at a race in eastern Wisconsin and Nick Avalink is racing, you expect him to be – you know, in the top three for sure. Um, and I would place Benji lacrosse in that same category in the modified division. Uh, but going to uh, um, Davenport, getting some booze and, you know, people saying that it's boring. And um, I mean, I was actually in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, so I didn't get to see a lot of the race, but I did. Um, I did see some of it. I, I saw his heat race and it just so happened that he was in the heat race that the winner sits on the pole. And I mean, it's not like he started on the pole in this heat race. I mean, the invert was six, so he started six, but I mean, he was in the lead within like the first four laps. I mean, it's just crazy how, you know, he just gets to the front so fast and, and he just is in the front all the time. And yeah, I knew that, the race would probably cut be a stinker with him starting right on the pole. Um, but I mean, he's just that good right now. Um, I mean, how long ago was it that, you know, we were talking about what's wrong with JD, you know, he can't win, you know, he's very, he, he just doesn't seem like he, like he's, it seems like there's something wrong, you know, in his personal life or something. And, you know, now he's just, you know, he wins every week. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah, that, just yeah, last yeah. year. You're yeah, right. Just on last year. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Ready to move on? Yes, sir. All right. Boone Super Nationals at the tiny race taking place down in Iowa over the past weekend. Uh, one of the moments of the week, Ryan, the hobby stock feature with some flag stand action. Unbelievable. We'll talk a little bit more on Boone for our buddy Brad. We'll, we'll make sure we get some IMCA <laughs> love in there for him. Right. But. You know, they always say, don't don't miss out on watching the lower classes, right? You know, everybody, it's a mod race. It's a mod race. IMCA stock cars. The hobby stocks, three-way battle for the lead, right? Restart, seven, eight to go. And the leader, as you can see in the video, I'm posting it here, shoved his nose coming off of turn four, opened up the bottom. The guy in third did a like a death slide, slammed into second, slammed into the leader, and they piled into the fence in the front straightaway cars upside down and literally ripped the flag, you know, just tore into the flag stand, right? And I went to Boone, oh, four or five years ago, maybe, and I'm like, maybe it wasn't even that long. might have been a little bit more recent. The flag stand at Boone, okay, if you're wondering, if you're like, well, how does this happen, is literally right on top of the wall on the track side of the fence. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, I don't even understand why they have it there. It just makes no sense. And the flag guys fortunately they're agile right fortunately they're not dale the plant right love you man you know the flag man and hibbing and rapids i don't know that he could move that quick just saying right they had a couple of younger guys they got their butts out of that flag stand quick fast in a hurry and uh, that guy got out of the car and he was all smiles and all that i'm like dude you just rolled over leading and he's like well if you you can't win the show. You might as well be the show, we said. And I'm like, oh, man. But uh, that was, in my opinion, that was probably the moment of the week down at the Boone Super Nationals. We'll talk more about Boone in just a little bit. All right. Our number one uh, moment of the week, 
We'll go back up to Grand Forks, the River City Speedway. Thursday, the prelude to the Johnny. Not the late model race, but the modified race. Yeah, I figured I'd get vetoed on this one, but it, it is what it is. The late model racing was okay. And there was three complete shows for modifieds, but night number one was a thriller. I mean, it was, in my opinion, our race of the week, right? And put it this way, you got Zach Johnson, Tyler Peterson starting on the front row. They're, they're going to finish one, too, you would think. And it didn't quite work out that way. They, they kind of swapped the lead. One went high. The other drove by in the bottom. I think, I think Tyler Peterson went high like Tyler Peterson does. Zach Johnson drove by him on the bottom. Zach Johnson's like, I'm going to go high. Tyler Peterson drives right back by him on the bottom. Now they're down on the bottom going, shit, I can't get, I can't let the bottom, you know, be open anymore. And here comes Mullet Nation, Ryan Gerke carving the high side, banging the, banging the boards, drove by both of them to win. He's been really good since he got back into, into that SSR car. So congratulations, Ryan Gerke. All right. Throw us a comment, fans. If there was a moment uh, that you feel we missed, go ahead and throw it in the comments. We appreciate that. All right, this week's hot takes brought to you by buyracerts.com. We talked a little bit about them. You're ready to get your t-shirts, your eraser, yeah, get your program going. Buyracerts.com. I said they walk you right through it. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just go right through the website. They can help you with designs, get you some some prints and et cetera with that, some proof. So uh, buyracerts.com. Of course, they also have outlaw graphics as part of that. If you need graphics for the car and all that good stuff. So buyracerts.com, racers, you know, Jordan and John Tollickson, they'll take good care of you. Um, and like I said, it, quantities is not a big issue. If you want to do 10, you don't have to do 200. So buyracers.com is where you look for that stuff. All right, back to Eldora. Local guy, Ricky Weiss. Some trouble. <laughs> Talk about teching. A little bit of trouble for Ricky. Well, he, here's the deal. So here's what happened. Ricky Weiss, he's been good on the half miles. Remember how good he was at Bristol, right? Well, he found some speed. He won. Um, I guess it would have been one of the qualifying features, and and that was going to put him in good position for the points for a good starting spot in the heat races for Saturday. Rolls across. Actually, he goes to victory lane first, right? I think he scaled, went to victory lane. The almighty droop roll. So, ultimately, he got disqualified after post-race celebration for the droop rule. They even had to scribble out his name and yeah. rewrite a name on there because it was – Pierce, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that – how would you like that one hanging on the wall, right? Just scribble out, like, did you steal that? Or, like, what did you do there? So, but there's there's differing stories here, okay? Ricky Weiss's side of this is he jacked it up slowly his own way, measured it, he came out a half inch on and he said that the track tech or the series tech, and I don't know exactly who that is, maybe Steve Francis, I'm not 100% positive, you guys might know. He said that they jacked it up really hard, and he put a lot more rebound in the right front. And because of the rebound and how fast they jacked it up, it brought the rear up too much, failed the droop roll. That's the story. And the series, they said, no, that ain't what happened. We measured it. We did it the same as we do it for everybody else. It was, it was over. It was illegal. I got some thoughts on this, but when you guys heard about this, you saw both sides. You probably saw a little bit of the, you know, discussion that they had there. What What is your guys' thoughts? And then I'll touch a little bit on mine. Uh, well, um, actually, right right before we started doing the show, um, because I didn't see it over the weekend, I went back and watched uh, the end of Ricky's race. Um, 
him scaling because I wanted to see when they when they check the droop rule because I mean, is this a situation where streaming actually made this situation worse than what it is? And my reasoning is on Wednesday night when they um, had the conclusion to the dream, they checked the droop rule before they sent the cars to Victory Lane. And the announcers on Flow were complaining about that because they wanted the cars in Victory Lane right away. And so... Uh, ben Shelton actually asked um, Steve Francis why they were doing it that way. And according to Ben Shelton, Francis, Francis says, because I don't want to disqualify anybody after the victory lane celebration. And then all of a sudden they're checking the troop rule after the victory celebration. So it's like, why did you switch your, why did you switch the way you did it? Is it, did you do that? I mean, I'm not saying that this would have changed the disqualification, but I mean, Ricky's and Victory Lane all happy. And then, I mean, you know, they pulled the rug out from underneath them. And um, I mean, and then I, and because I didn't watch the World 100, I went back to see how they, how they handled Davenport. And they checked the droop rule right after he scaled then for the World 100. It was before Victory Lane. So, you know, it's like, like I'm saying, I, I don't know if it would have changed the, disqual- you know, whether he would have got disqualified, but you're changing when you're checking the droop rule. I mean, why are you changing it? You should have a set, a set standard. No, I think he got vetoed on that one, but, you know, quite honestly, I, my guess is that's not all they tack, right? You know, so my right. guess is, yeah, they might tack. They might be because they can jack it up right there and they can check that quick. But if there's other things they're going to tech, they a lot of times their post race tech has to be after victory lane because right. sometimes it's extensive. Sometimes they're really checking some things out, you know. So, I mean, I, I can see both sides of it. I mean, David Swearingen, when he got DQ'd in Superior, that was after victory lane celebrations. That's pretty common. I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not too much against that, but Puka, your thoughts? Well, so, I mean, the rule's the rule there. I just kind of want to know, Ricky didn't race Saturday. Was it because, did they carry over a disqualification, or was it because he was just pissed off and they said, screw no. you? In, in his interview uh, that Ben Shelton did with him uh, after the disqualification, Ricky said that, you know, I don't, you know, it doesn't even, I don't know if it even pays to unload the car tomorrow because I'm going to be buried in a heat race. So, you know, why even... Okay. go out there <laughs> okay so so yeah that was ricky's decision the speed that, yeah the speed that he had i think he could have maybe worked his way up into the conversation is he gonna win from 14th probably not you know so so here's my thoughts right do i think that it was an uh overreach by the tech officials i don't would it surprise me? No. Have we seen stuff like that? Absolutely. We've talked about it on the show, right? Very well could have been. You know, so the way I look at it is this. And there's a lot of drivers. There's a hundred some cars there. There's a lot that have a lot of rebound in the right front. Why is he the only one, right? Why was he the only one that failed, failed droop, right? So, so there's that. B, I'm telling you right now. If that's me, it's a world 100 and I win and they DQ me and I'm confident, right? That, uh, uh-uh, 
no, I, I'm going to do it my way and it's right on. If I'm confident of that, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone. So if, if drivers, if this ever happens to you, if there's any kind of incident, you get somebody with a cell phone to videotape, right? And be like, I'm going to jack it up my way. You measure it. You go ahead, jack it up your way. We'll measure it again. We're going to videotape this to make sure that everything is, you know, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Why didn't that happen? I wouldn't have moved my car. I would have been like, you know, call the cops. I'm sitting right here. Tom Nesbitt would have had a meltdown. I guarantee the cops <laughs> would have been calling if that would have been Nesbitt. You know, so they should have done that. You know, I, I don't see why anybody there would have had a heart on, oh, we're going to get out and get after Ricky here to get him disqualified. I don't buy that. I mean, is it possible? It is. It is. It's possible. I've seen stuff like that before. Likely, probably not. Unfortunate, you know, because he had such a fast car, you know, and it, he needs a good run. That would have been a great opportunity. So I think that they just got to videotape that. I mean, you got to have, I mean, with all them people around, I saw people saying, oh, the left rear tire was an inch off the ground. Come on. Stop it. There's no freaking way. I mean, you're telling me that all them people watching are going to just be like, well, the tires are an inch off the ground. We're just going to let that go. Come on. Now, that, I mean, there's no way. So there's too much he said, she said. But the fact that he parked it, he felt like he was slighted, you know, and, and he may have been. I don't know that for sure, but we'll, we'll never know the exact truth on that deal. I've said many times, just load the piece of shit up. I'm done. I ain't racing. I ain't coming back to this track. I've done that, but I always raced, right? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked at that stage, at that race, at that event, that he actually loaded up and said, screw it. I'm not even going to try. I got that. I'm not sure what to think about that. I feel like that's, uh, I think that was maybe the wrong decision by Ricky Weiss not to at least give it the old college try on the, you know, dirt late model racing's biggest stage. I mean, this is an example of where Scott Bloomquist is greater than Ricky Weiss, right? <laughs> because 2014, I believe it was, when he's leading the world 100, right? And they had the, the, the window deal on the window net, and he ran it all week. He had it there, and they literally, on the yellow flag, they, they kicked him off the track, and they said he couldn't have that. They put him to the back came from the back and absolutely kicked the oh. shit out of everybody. Great moments, right? Great moments come from opportunities like that. And I think that's one of those where if Ricky was on his game, if he was fast, that could have been a great story to tell for years to come, but he decided to park it instead. And I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of Ricky Weiss fans, so please comment. Do you have something else to say, Bert? Um, No, no. Okay. All right, let's get a lot of big races this week, and let's get to the recap section. Excuse me, brought to you by Blue Line Brews. 10% of profits go back to families, fallen officers, injured officers. This is what the label looks like. Like I said, you can find it in some stores up in northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin. BlueLineBrews.com. Save 15 is the promo code, so get your coffee ordered. We got the nice mugs, as we all got here. Coffee smells great. We got the K-Cups. Like I said, invitational season is here. The nights are getting a little chilly. As a matter of fact, this morning up here north, it was 39 degrees. You can see your breath. So a cup of joe in the morning in the camper is going to do you well on, you know, all week here at the Wazoda 100 or the legendary. So bluelinebrews.com is where you get your brew. All right. Kind of touching this a little bit, but Ryan, why don't you start us off? The World 100, the dream, what do you got for us? Well, I mean, we, we talk about the world, but 
how about Overton, right? Three dreams in a row. Then in his post-race interview, they talked to him. He's like, you know, he led that race. He led the world. He got by JD. JD got back by him. He goes, I'll trade dreams for worlds all day long. Dreams 100 grand <laughs> plus to win. That's 55. I'll do that. But three dreams in a row for Big Sexy. How about Scott Bloomquist? <laughs> Scott, Scott Bloomquist doing Scott Bloomquist things. First of all, he's late. Now, did either of you watch the the lap? You know, with uh, no idea, man. The, the one he, lap, he, one he, beer. It was good. It was good. It was. It was. You gotta watch it. Highly recommend it. Go to Dirt on Dirt. One lap, one beer. Kessinger and uh, and Bloomquist. Bloomquist. Excellent stuff. He's first of all, he ain't raced in like ever, yeah. right? And he shows up late. He doesn't. Even, he, he's like a day late even getting to the event. He's like, well, the car wasn't ready. <laughs> Out of money, out of money. All the race, all the stuff, all the stuff he's done. He's like, I just didn't have the money to get the parts. It wasn't like I wasn't working on it. I was struggling to find the money to get the car together. So, a little bit of issues there for the Hall of Famer Scott Bloomquist. But then, I mean, how does this even happen, right? Of course, they had the dream. They had to, you know, run the remainder of the dream that rained out. You know, got rain shortened months ago, and he gets to tech late. And they close the gate, and he's not even allowed to get on the track. How does that happen? I know he started every dream, and now he's got this blemish. You know? On well, he still started this. Well, one. he still started it. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. So, I mean, just I, just a head scratcher, but that that's something there. Um, trophy girls, right? That's one thing they do, right? You don't see them very often. So I got to give mad props to Tony Stewart on Trophy Girls. Another thing they did for the A-Main, I don't know if you guys caught this, they they made it mandatory that all the late models had to disconnect their digital tachometers or disconnect their tacks that they had in their car prior to the A-Main. And, and the reason they do that, of course, is because there are traction control devices that wire in through your digital tack. USMTS, for example, you can't even run a digital tech. It's not even allowed. You can't even have one in your car. You've got to take it right out. So that was kind of a surprise. That was basically them saying, you know what, we're going to get rid of this. Could National Late Model Touring Series decide to ban digital tachometers, and should they? Well, I guess they, yeah. I mean, if there's, if there's enough evidence that, you know, traction control has been an issue. I mean, they didn't they impound? How long did they impound Overton's car? Last year, after his double dreams, like 24, 48 hours, he could leave. Yeah, you know? they were looking. They were looking for a sonic deal. I think something in the roll bars there. But I tell you what, you know, eliminate it. They, people don't need digital tachometers. You don't need it. Just get rid of them. And uh, I think that I think that was just an example, right? Where you get the Kentucky Colonel involved, Steve Francis. He's a former racer, former champion. You get somebody that kind of has a little bit of an idea of what they're doing, and they're like, I know the games these guys are playing. Kind of, kind of a neat deal that they did there. So overall, Eldora was okay. Hunt, would they have 106, 107, 108 cars, something like that? The biggest stage, not the biggest paying purse, but just an epic event that I have to get to. Yeah, Bert, any yeah. comments? Um, yeah, I just want. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, Chris Madden fan, but I actually, I, I did feel bad for him uh, in the dream. I mean, because he deserved to win that race. I mean, that was his race. If that caution doesn't come out with what eight laps to go, um, he wins that race easily. So I, I, 
I, I felt bad for him, uh, but I mean, that's racing. I mean, that's, it is, you know, I mean, in the post-race interview, Overton said that, you know, he, he had, he said, you know, I didn't have the best car. I just drove it in hard on that restart and it stuck and I took the lead and never gave it up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel bad at all. Grumpy pants, uh, Madden didn't win. And plus Overton was my pick. <laughs> Well, you know, Overton was my pick too, so. Yeah, Overton was my pick. Yeah, so we that worked out fine. But I don't feel bad because he all he had to do was keep the lead. He let you know it's just he it was his race to win, and he just didn't get well, a good reason. Well, did you hear what happened? He, apparently, he said a spark plug wire came off, so he was running yeah. on seven cylinders. Yeah, he said he was running. He knew he was going to be a sitting duck. He said on that restart. That's what well, he said. <laughs> well, maybe a rock came up and hit it. I mean. Typically, spark plug wires don't just fall off. Something has to hit them. So, I mean, obviously, it must have happened, but I, I don't know how that happens. You shouldn't have stuff falling off your cars, right? I mean, you, you don't you don't win by stuff falling off. No. Oh, you guys hey. Watch? Well, speaking of stuff, did you see the debris that went through uh, Davenport's cockpit during the feature of the world? I didn't. Yeah, they, they were. It was on Flow Racing because I was going through all the video from Flow Racing, and they, they have a video. It's only like forty some seconds, and yeah, there's a car in front of them that had stuff flapping from the rear quarter, and it flew off, and it went right through the cockpit. It disappeared in the cockpit, then came out the back. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there's air, right? There's air. If you watch the post race interviews from the world. I didn't. No, I didn't. So they had a good conversation with T-Mac. It's worth a listen. This is all on Dirt on Dirt. And and what he talked about, I mean, quite honestly, let's just be honest. The racing wasn't that great. It really wasn't. It was kind of, it was okay, but it wasn't spectacular. He he went on and he, in good detail, he's like, these cars are just too stuck. You know, on the big tracks, they're too aero-dependent. They don't race well. It's just, it's not a good product. He goes, the best way to have a good product on this kind of track is just throw the yellow every three laps because shit gets crazy, you know, because of all that air <laughs> so with the third row back. Should late models, right, should they figure out a way to make them less aero-dependent? Well, he's been, he's been, well, you start hearing that. I mean, you know, watching a dirt late model race now, especially with all the streaming, you start talking about clean air. You know, that was, that was never a term in dirt late model racing. And, and he's been on that. He had, a, there was a, uh suave talk did uh, an interview about a month six weeks ago with t-mac and he talked a lot about that he said when i got in these things from the mods you hit the gas you went places you could turn the car this that and i don't know all that terminology but he he is frustrated with the state of dirt dirt lay model racing right now um and you know he's an experienced guy he's he's pushing 50s race a lot of laps in those cities race he's raced you know he's raced at the chili bowl he's raced some other classes of cars so he's pretty credible in that sense uh, but yeah, he he's frustrated right now. Go ahead, Bert. Um, no, well, I mean, he's even he didn't he race in that Richard Childress development yeah, thing on, yeah. on the asphalt too. Yeah. And there, I mean, on in asphalt racing, arrow is 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 king. So so yeah, I mean, he's been de- so he would know what he's talking about. You know, de- racing in in both of those on what arrow does to a car. Um, so yeah, that that is interesting. Uh, speaking of Arrow, I mean, uh, in uh, post race uh, interviews, uh, I did see though that uh, 
the Bobby Pierce interview when when he thought he had finished second in that qualifying feature. Um, um, because apparently the the interviewer told him told him that Ricky said that he took the air off of Pierce. <laughs> Bobby Pierce just kind of laughed. He goes, he did a little bit more than that, but that's Ricky being Ricky. And, th- and then, then they showed the incident and yeah, I mean, Ricky almost pushed him up into the wall. That was, that was more than just the arrow. <laughs> hey, you're racing again, the world 100. You ain't there to make friends. You do what you got to do to go to the front as a fan. I want to see that stuff. I mean, you don't want to see yard sales, but, we want to see. Oh some yeah. yeah. So, and, and let's I just thought it was funny. Yeah, Bobby would have done the same thing. <laughs> no, 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 no slide jobs for Bobby. None, none. So let's it, head, it, let's he, he's the smooth operator. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. All right. Let's let's crank up to the Northern Nationals at Gondek Lawn Superior. Well, so they, it was a multiple day show, right? So they had practice night, of course. But on practice night, they do the showdown in Soup Town. They run the Midwest Mods against the Supers. Two years in a row, Brady Uton, and I think it was 2000 to win that deal, something along those lines. Nice payday for the nine. Kind of had a up-and-down season, but that's another – that's a nice payday to get done. But Jimmy Lockbola had that race won. Rumors floating around. Rumors floating around. They weren't teching that night, right? He runs a, I think he has a concept or a crate or one of the two in there. Rumor has it he might have pulled the chip out, over-revved it, hurt the motor. Ooh. I don't know. If, if somebody knows more about that, post in the comments. You know, not like it was illegal to do that or whatever, but sounds like that might have been the case. But uh, Jimmy Lotfilla probably should have won that race. Another thing, Puka, I mean, Northern Nationals, when I think of the Northern Nationals, I think of the Thunder Bay contingent coming down to the States. They were out in full force. Awesome, awesome, I heard. Just, I mean, they it had to have been a quarter of the place was from north of the border up there. So super cool to have them Canadians back down in the States for some of these big shows. Late models, 36 cars, Hermantown Hammer, Daryl Nelson, parking in Victory Lane. Now, did you want? Uh, yeah, right? Did you guys watch that race? Yeah, I got to I, I got to go to James Essex on this heartbreak hotel. Kevin Eater, huh? Heartbreak hotel gets into Canta, spins him around. He's challenging for the lead. He's in second. Gets a little antsy on the back stretch, coming into three, uh, but still managing. You know, so he got put to the back in front of the lapped cars. But he, I think he managed what a third place finish. Yeah, third place finish. Yeah, because he got – I think it was 11. I think there was 11 on the lead lap. And he, in my opinion, he had the best car. He should have won that race, and, and he just clipped him. It wasn't like he drove straight through him. He just clipped him enough to turn him around, and bad deal for Eater. And he's like, you know, at first he was a little upset. He said, from what I understand, he looked at it. He's like, it was the right call. It is what it is. I got into him. I mean, you know, he owned it. But Kevin Eater, a guy maybe that can make some noise here throughout the rest of the Invitational season. There's a couple big ones coming up. Modifieds, the North Shore Nightmare, Jody Belfi parking the 11 in victory lane, kind of uncontested, just not challenged at all in that entire race. Super Stocks, I, I don't think you guys could probably guess who won the Super Stocks. Yep, you got it right. Shane Sabraski, um, I think that might have been his first win um, on the year. That guy just flat out wins races. I just don't see how he's going to lose. He had an amazing invitational season last year. He's doing it again this year. Midwest Mods, we talked about that already. Andrew Inman. Hey, congratulations to Andrew Inman. He's had a really good year. He's won some races. 
probably not how he wanted to win it, but he was there. It was a hell of a battle between him and Swearingen. And uh, they had a Canadian dash. So the Canadians throw some extra money at this deal, right? And they uh, they have all the Canadians have their own race. Cole Chernosky parking in Victory Lane in the Midwest Mod in the Canadian dash. And the Midwest Mods also ran um, on, I believe it would have been like Thursday night, I guess, with the, they had the peers and all that. Cowboy Shane Hall uh, parking in Victory Lane. Oh, he's back. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I Usually his Victory Lane stuff's pretty cool. Cowboy, what are you doing, man? Come on. What kind of Victory Lane speech is that? If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. A little bit disappointed in that one. I, I thought it was not cool um, calling out drivers. Other drivers have done that this year. Not, not a cool. Great to see him win, but you're better than that. Don't be... Don't be doing that crap. I didn't think that was super cool. So going to have to give him, I'll probably get a phone call after this one, but that was, don't, don't do that anymore. So Northern Nationals, it was okay. You know, I think the Midwest Mods was a good, good race. Late Models was fixing to be the best race of the night. It really was. Um, pretty good car counts. And uh, unfortunately, night one rained out, but they got night number two in. So pretty good show up at the Gondek Law Speedway. All right, let's stay north. Grand Forest, go back to the 16th annual John Sites Memorial. Ryan, I watched that race. You know, pretty good race. You know, there was some movement there, some people coming from a long ways. But, you know, I'm not a racer. The track seemed weird, a little bit weird, skittish. What are your thoughts? Well, there's a couple things there, right? So, well, night number one, it rained, right? So they, they had a lot of moisture to deal with the late model feature night one was excellent the mod feature was incredible night number one on thursday at the prelude to the johnny couple things here right so they the tracks seem like east bay and and if you're a late model fan and you watched east bay it was it's dirty 92 lap feature and i'm talking the first 20 laps i'm like is it straight slime because like people were coming in locked left and pushing up the racetrack i'm like what are they doing? Well, then it just went on throughout the rest of the race. Even at the end of the race, there was guys coming in the middle of the corner and the front end would just take off. It reminded me so much of East Bay and the track was really dirty, right? It was just kind of crumbly. So like everybody's car was on top of the track. Not really sure what to think about that. They got this, this deal called a Lele, I believe it's called. Like it goes out and tills up the track when they farm it. My opinion, every time I've seen somebody use that, all it does is make a bunch of marbles. And it, it does not make for really good racing. It just makes it gravelly. It just makes it hard to get a hold of. Not really entertaining to watch. Super disappointing with that. Another thing, I talked to some late model drivers. Not real happy. Let's face it, okay? I picked on the late models a little bit. But it was it's a late model show. $9,200 to win the John Sites Memorial, and I want your guys' opinion on this. I have my own. So this is a big stage. Night number one's the prelude, unrelated to the rest of the event. Night number two, they had six heat races, right? And then they got the A main. And they had they had the order of events, street stock heats, Midwest mod heats, mod heats, late model heats, track prep, right? And then going on to the rest of the show. Late models are parked over off turn number four, heat number one, in staging, ready to go out on the track. They make the executive decision, let's go ahead and farm the whole racetrack before heat number one. <laughs> how, do, how does that happen? You look at the results from the late model heats, they were awful. There was no passing. It was just wide open, hammered out. No, if they're going to farm the track, fine. 
But farming the track when cars are sitting in staging and they're all set up for a dry slick racetrack and now you throw them out on the mud. I don't know, man. I, I got to give him a donkey award on that shit. I didn't think that was super cool. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I would agree if there's a schedule release before the, the racing program starts, um, unless there's the threat of weather. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be farming the track if there is a threat of weather. So I, I see no reason to farm the track before the late model heat races if the schedule given out before the program started said we will farm the track after the heat races yeah i agree with you that doesn't make any sense to me yeah i've never really heard anything like that even like labor day they do a lot of misting you know because it's during the day but they wait you know whatever super stocks are out there all the super stock heats complete then they missed it you know so everyone kind of knows that first heat we're probably gonna have a little bit of moisture you know and then the mods go or whatever and then they missed but um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. That, that's a, that's a donkey award that, uh, and I've never promoted a track, never raced, but I think I'd be a little upset if I was expecting a dirt dry split track and they're till out there tilling. Yeah. 9,200 to win. It's a big show. The site, John sites Memorial is a big show. You got to stay structured and, and there's some speculation. I don't know this. This is speculation. My, my inbox blew up right from different drivers going, it's kind of weird that certain guys were super fast on that heavy surface after they farmed it. And the speculation is, did some drivers know ahead of time that they were going to do that? And the other drivers are sitting there going, I don't have time to go change my shit. I I really ain't got a crew. There's a little bit of that going on. I don't know that for sure that my phone blew up saying that they feel like that might've been the case. There were some good drivers that did not make the event. Mike Gressif, Chad Becker, two of them, right, that run really good. And maybe that's part of it, maybe not. But I think that if you, like Bird said, if you have a schedule out, if you have it all set, now if the modified heats were rubbered up, locked down, you got to farm it, it is what it is. It wasn't the case, so the the track was still good. So that was a tough break over at, over at the sites. Now, they had in the street stocks, night number one, your national, I'm just going to call him your national champion, unless a miracle happens. Kyle Dykoff continuing on a big year, eighth to first, night number one in the streeter. Night number two, we talked about Vogel taking that back row challenge. Tucker Peterson got it done from 11. Hell of a good run for him. That's Joey Peterson's kid, I believe. Oh, so late, late model ties. Um, modifieds, we talked about Gurky winning night one in that in that great race. Night number two, they had great car count down there. They had a bunch of cars down from Winnipeg because they had the, Al, I think, the big Al Delane yeah. Memorial and uh, the Millennial Farmer, Zach Johnson, parked it in Victory Lane on night number two. And then TPO parked it in Victory Lane night number three. And uh, TPO even said, he goes, boy, this place is awesome if they keep that Lele park where it belongs. And so <laughs> he, a lot of drivers not real happy about the marbles on the racetrack. And Brad Sang won the prelude to the Johnny. And how about Don Shaw? I believe that's his second John Sykes Memorial. So congrats to him. But there was some movers, right? There was as is, is, is boring as the track seemed. I mean, 26 to third for um, oh, yeah. That's yeah, provisional. Provisional. He yeah, another he guy got, that didn't make it through the heats. Yeah. And he had a rough weekend. I mean, he got on the prelude to the Johnny. He was running third. And you couldn't see it good in the video, but I kind of have an idea what happened. Let's just say there was contact between him and Scott Ward. Scott Ward got third, Cole Searing got a left or a flat face the wrong way. And they said, 
well, you spun out because your tire was flat. He's like, well, no shit. How do you think it went flat? Like, what are you talking about, right? So he kind of got a Rodney Hill there on night one. Then he got wrecked right away in the heat race because it was hammered down. And then he 26 to third. I mean, tip of the cap. That's a hell of a run. And then uh, Jeffrey Massingill. He started deep. I don't remember exactly where he started, maybe 18th, 20th, somewhere in that neighborhood. But he rolled up into the top five. And how about, you know, A.J. Deem? Yeah, he started 18th. Never, never off the podium there. Right. Is that never where he started 18th? Yeah, 18th yeah, yeah. the second. There was a moment where I thought maybe he was going to be yeah. the guy to keep. He got to him, and then the caution came out. And then it just he just never really got a good rhythm after that. And uh, I thought maybe, right, I thought maybe we were going to see the, the hardware go back to Canada. Scott Greer was pretty good. Yeah. He, he looked he looked pretty good in that race. Skorczewski looked good for a while, faded. So, overall, that's a great event. Huge crowd, huge car counts, great event. I mean, we can if we nitpick on anything, the track prep was a little bit sketchy, but at least it didn't rubber up and lock down, right? No, oh, yeah, I agree. It's a fun track. So, how did Turnbull, did Turnbull show up? He was my pick. Turnbull, we're going to talk about him next because Turnbull was down <laughs> at the IMCA Bone Super National. So, hey, good job on picking a guy that wasn't there. Um, congratulations on that. Um, he he was unbelievable. He was really good at Bone. He, uh, he came from deep in a qualifying feature, got second, was all over the leader, and he rolled off P5 he, or P4. He got fourth. In uh in the dance for the IMCA mods, so you know you know we'll move down to Boone. You got anything else to add on the site? So we just no, kind of yeah yeah no go right into Boone. Yeah, so thousand plus cars, guys. Thousand plus cars, unbelievable. They raced all day, all night, and and they they farmed the track every eight or ten races. Boom, farm it, farm it, farm it, and. You know, you look at Victory Lane, they got these things called contingency prizes. I did talk to Wissota board members about that. And the couple people I talked to said, I'm embarrassed by this. Like, we need to fix this. These are a couple different board members that maybe ain't been involved for a long time. And they said, maybe we just need to go buy some stuff and spend our own money to get prizes. But rest assured, Wissota drivers, you heard it here first. In 2023 at the Wissota 100, there will be contingency prizes. I can assure you on that. That's going to happen. Okay. They're, they know what needs to happen. Um, Aaron Turnbull, like I said, he was good. Now, speaking of Aaron Turnbull, I'm going to talk about Tyson Turnbull, his brother. Okay. Now, is it pretty common knowledge that Barry Braun has maybe ruffled some feathers, right? He's maybe hurt a feeling or two along the way. You know, he's a mover. He's a shaker. Some people don't really like him very much, right? Turns out IMCA is one of those groups of people that does not like him because Tyson Turnbull on his quarter panel, it said XR super series, Barry sponsored him for that event. Brett Root said, Oh, that's cute. You can race. Not with that on the car. Really? Wow. Yeah, cover up the XR. There, there were lawsuits. There was all kinds of stuff with the duel in the desert. There was, there's was all, I don't know all the particulars, but let's just say that IMCA, and Barry Braun are not friends. Oh. They don't. They don't like each other, and uh, it was evident. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I mean, I get not liking a guy. I mean, maybe not even allowing him to be there, right? But if he gave a guy money to support his race car to be there, no matter how we feel about how somebody feels about the guy, right? Is it is it kind of wrong to censor something like that? Make him take that off and cover it up? What do you think? I. 
I would tend to agree that it's wrong. I, me personally, I would give them a donkey award for doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, we all know that racing is not cheap. So sponsorship is very important and you're gonna deny somebody some, you know, from displaying a sponsor because you don't, you don't like the, the company that's on the side of it. Um, I just, yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I mean, we had this discussion about other things un- unless it's profane or, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's it's Bush League. I know that Rick Eckert was having some trouble because, you know, he's had the Dry Dean sponsorship for the last couple of years. And when he'd race Lucas races, they'd name all the sponsors, but they wouldn't mention Dry Dean. It used to be the Winston Cup Series. We all remember Harry Gant in the Skull car, right? I mean, Skull's another, I don't, I, maybe, maybe they had the same owners and Skull's obviously not cigarettes where Winston was, but that's what you get. I mean, Brady Smith, when they had the AMSO sponsorship, AMSO wanted him to run the Lucas Series, right? I mean, that that's the way you play that game. You know, as, right. as a company, you want you want your brand in the presence of the title sponsors, you know, series. And see, th- this is just another case where local racing has to be careful of the path that they go down. Because, I mean, Puka brought up NASCAR. Yes, when, when Sprint sponsored the NASCAR's top series, um, NASCAR did outlaw all other communication companies from advertising. So there was no T-Mobile or, or any, you know, um, they could not be on the side of a car unless they were grandfathered in. Like I think uh, Ryan Newman's car with uh, Altel was Altel. grandfathered in. Um, but, you know, that's the path that NASCAR took. So, you know, local racing has to be careful not to repeat yeah. <laughs> some of the things that, NASCAR has done that has hurt them. Good point. Yeah. Cancel culture. We can't be having cancel culture, right? <laughs> now, I, I got so Bert throwing out a donkey award. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give another donkey award. I thought I was done with this guy, but I got to give another one. Our buddy Carson Graham, right? The former executive director of Wistota. I'm going to go ahead and give Carson, going to give him some love here. Donkey award. Night number one, I was watching the IMCA Bone Super Nationals, and it got pretty late. It was 1 o'clock or midnight or whatever, and they weren't quite done with the features. And next thing you know, they're corresponding. The announcers are were corresponding with Carson. They're like, where are you at? Oh, I'm at the hotel. <laughs> Boy, they didn't cut him any slack. They're like, this dude can't hack it. Like, we're it's our one big event of the year, and he didn't even stick around for the whole race program. He went back to the hotel. Boy, they gave him some shit, right? So it's like – it's almost like he walks around clueless or whatever, but it's like it's like going to the Wasota 100. You're a board member. You're an, you're an employee of Wasota. You stick around for the whole show. You don't leave early. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's one week of the year. I, I just I just had to give him a little brief for that. Tom Berry Jr., guys, my pick in the Modifieds. I think Brad picked him as well. He got it done in the Modified Division, but not before – overcoming some turmoil earlier in the week one of the qualifying features he came from deep he got to fourth slid a guy for third maybe give him a little johnny broking right rear love right on the way by that guy had to check up kind of wiggle the wall they come back around no yellow no wreck no nothing they come back around they drop the black flag tom berry jr you're done too aggressive of a pass i'm like 
what are we even talking about? There's a donkey award, right? It's like, how the hell can they? I mean, I went to Florence. The place went absolutely mental every time there was a slide job. Bobby Pierce, Turbo, they sell T-shirts, right? They're fun to watch. Your race, it's at the biggest race of the year, and they're going to DQ. It didn't even bring out a yellow. But he overcame it, unlike somebody we just talked about a little bit ago, got himself in the dance, parked it in Victory Lane. Congratulations, Tom Berry Jr. And uh, Taylor Cool, Midwest Mod driver, young gal, I think she's 19. She got fourth in the Sport Mod deal. Somebody can maybe confirm this, maybe Brad knows, or maybe somebody can find out. I believe that she was the highest finishing female ever at a Boone Super Nationals, but I'm not positive on that. And another thing, Puka, that they do that's unique is after the feature, you know what happens to the feature winners? They take the engines out of their car and they raffle them off. What? They take... Now, now, with that said, all the winners get a free engine. They get a brand new one. They get a new one. Most of them are crates. I think one of the classes, they, it's not a crate, but most of them are crates. So they get a new engine in return, okay? Wow. But the hobby stock engine raffled off for $3,000, sport mod 5500 stock car 7250 modified 5200 and they take that money and they disperse it out to the A-main finishers in that class. So they actually use it, and uh, they actually go out and they get sponsors to be able to do that to get a free engine to replace. So, yeah, they, they've they've been they've been doing that for years. It, you know, with in the modified division now, you know, most of the drivers race crates, but you know, back in like the '90s and and you know when it was all open engines, so that was a big deal. I mean, yeah, you're in the top four and you lose your engine, no matter what you paid for it, you lose your engine. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure so that's kind of some craziness there uh your boy benji lacrosse rough weekend for benji over there he didn't make the show but a lot of minnesota guys, a lot of wisconsin guys there anything either one of you want to touch on on boone or should we move on oh uh, i just want to say you know uh you know throughout the year you hear drivers complain a lot about imca they're just money hungry and imca this imca that then you look at the car count at the Super Nationals. So, <laughs> all the cars, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Well, our World of All Lost Sprint Cars uh, continuing their run on, on the West Coast, California, the Silver Dollars. Yeah, they had the Gold Cup at Silver Dollar Speedway. I believe Silver Dollar Speedway promoted by Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, right? And uh, kind of an interesting deal. They had they split the field night one, night two. I I was like, I, I didn't even watch that because I I hate that deal, but. The A-Main, Shark Racing 1-2. Jacob Allen held off Logan Schuhart. Jacob Allen's been really good this year, guys. Like, he's this might be his coming out year. He just about gave it away, though. He came off a of turn four for the checker, jumped the kitchen, smacked the wall. Schuhart got next to him for the win, but he held him off. And uh, pretty good race over there. They're going to Keller with Tom Tarleton Memorial coming up this weekend. But um, only a couple guys left in the hunt for the points here. It's kind of dwindling down to the end of the year. Not quite as many as we had maybe a month back. So, Bert, Dirt Kings action. There's a couple yeah. uh, Dirt Kings races. Yeah, there's a couple of Dirt Kings races. Uh, they raced uh, last Friday night in Sycamore down in Illinois. And uh, Troy Springborn won his third Dirt Kings race of the season. Uh, uh, third of the season and third of his career because he didn't have any Dirt King <laughs> wins entering this year. So, he's putting together a pretty good 
pretty good season. And I'm not sure what happened to uh, uh, Nick Avalink in the heat races, but he started 19th in the feature and drove it up to third place in the final rundown. So uh, uh, he made it a good run. And uh, Mike Spatola ran with the Dirt Kings uh, at, at Sycamore and finished second uh, in that race. So uh, um, they had 25 total late models at that race. And then the next night they raced at Wilmot Raceway in Wisconsin. They had 24 cars for that one. And uh, Nick Avalink uh, was the fifth annual Wildman Classic uh, in uh, remembrance of uh, Jim Watson, who was a um, late model driver at the now uh, gone Hales Corner Speedway. And uh, But Nick Avalink won that race. And uh, he is currently sitting atop of the Dirt King standings. He's got about, he's got 478 points and Troy Springborn has 446. So it's about a 32 point lead with two races to go. Um, yeah, I think two right. Yeah, they race in Seymour this coming um, Saturday. And then they have that uh, Mississippi Thunder race in late October. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that could happen. That could happen. <laughs> so, what do you what do you say we jump into the a uh, little bit of who's hot, who's not? Yeah, who's hot, who's not? Maybe I'll start us off. So uh, uh, I'm sure we all got this one, but of course JD, uh, I, I didn't put him on the hot list. I think he's been on somebody's hot list like all week, or I mean, excuse me, all year, hasn't he? I mean, it's every week, guys pounding out wins. Who you got, Bert? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you have to go with with uh, Superman on the hot list and. Uh, locally, I'll just say Nick Avalink again, uh, you know, third place and a, and a first in Dirt King's ash, action this last weekend. Who you got, Ryan? I'm going to go with Tucker Peterson. This is a kid we, you know, I've mentioned him winning some races, but not a guy that we've talked about. He's probably the, well, not probably, he's the top guy out in the Dakotas right now. No offense to Hunter Damagala. He races his home track. Tucker Peterson, 11 wins on the year, just won the Sites Memorial from the sixth row. Zuli race engine under the hood. This kid's been super impressive. I'm looking forward to see what his, I don't know what his plans are for 2023, but as fast as he's been this year, he's going to be really a guy to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. You know, before we get to who's not, I wish I'd mentioned Daryl Nelson to a Labor Day win in the late model, and then the Northern Nationals win. I probably should have picked him in, instead of JD. So who's not, uh, like I said, I, I was expecting big things out of Tyler Herb this year, and he just can't seem to collect himself. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I like Tyler Herb a lot. Like I said, slide job central, but uh, just continues down. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he would even admit kind of a subpar season. Who do you got, Bert? Uh, you go ahead, Ryan. I really don't. I didn't. I, I apologize. I didn't do the research to pick somebody not hot. Bert already gave a donkey award, so he's feeling bad. He don't want to give another one. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm reluctant to do this, but I'm going to. I'm going to go with Mike Gresseth, okay? Mike Gresseth had a good run. He come from deep to the top five at the prelude to the Johnny. Track was good. More to his liking. Honestly, he he hasn't raced very well on the muddy stuff, and he gets really grumpy when the track's heavy, right? Didn't even make the feature. He wins the NLRA points two, not, two years in a row. Does not make the show at the Sites Memorial. I... <laughs> you got to get better on that heavy stuff. I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, these cars are expensive. He likes to dry slick, but 
You know, that if you want to be a top tier guy, you want to be a Jimmy Mars, a Pat Doerr, you want to be that caliber guy in our region, it don't matter if it's dry, marbly, rough, tacky, whatever, you need to be versatile. And uh, I, I kind of, I almost picked him to win the sights and I, I opted against picking him, but I mean, yeah, maybe you can blame it on the track or whatever, but he just didn't show any signs of speed. We'll see if he can have a little something for him at the Wasota 100. All right. Well, let's carry on with our picks kind of with a lock of the week brought to you by Jay Schmidt. Jay Schmidt Real Estate. If you're in the Watertown, South Dakota area, if you need commercial land, residential, any real estate transactions, 20 plus years in business, great racing family, our lock of the week, real estate by Jay Schmidt. Bert, your lock of the week. My lock of the week, uh, Superman will not win this, the big feature this weekend in Knoxville. Ooh, that's a big one. I, I, Go ahead. Well, who, who do you got? In my, in my picks, I pick Marlar. All right. Good pick. Yeah, I struggled on this one. Back and forth, back and forth. So I'm actually going to go with Ahmad. I am going to go a little bit on the, I don't know if I've ever picked this guy, but Ashley Anderson in the mods. At the legendary. Boy, is that an off season? <laughs> off season, right? But I mean, he could be the guy. I was gonna pick a mod, but I do not want to jinx this guy. I'm not I'm just gonna zip it right now because I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm gonna let him go and do his thing. We'll talk about him next week when he gets it done. Is Shane Sabraski winning the Superstock feature at the Wasota one hundred too easy? Should I pick something else? I mean, I mean really I mean I, I think I think that one's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a given. No offense to any super stock drivers, but there's Shane and then there's everybody else. Um, I'm going to go, if you're listening to this on podcast, this is all, it's Tuesday. If you're watching it on Facebook, this race already happened. It is what it is. But I'm going with Bobby Pierce to win Tuesday night at the Castro Flow Racing Night in America race at America's Dirt Track. It's balls, baby. It's balls, that, baby. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Fairberry. So Bobby Pierce going to get her done in Excellent. Illinois. Excellent pick. All right. Time for the last lap brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. We just talked about Peterson up there in River City getting her done. Uh, get a hold of Frank for all your engine needs. Ryan, you got you got some other winners? Yeah, not a lot of racing. You know, of course, Kyle Dykoff, he won the prelude. He got second at the sites. Top three finishers at the sites, all Zuli's. Casey Usatis, get this, he won the Sauerkraut 500 at Wishick, the Tri-County Speedway in North Dakota. So that's another invitational over in uh, Wissota country there, Casey Usatis getting it done. But uh, let's start with this. You didn't go to any races this weekend. Where did you go? Tyler Kittner, tying the knot. Brooke Rauer, congrats, guys. Great wedding at the Memorial Arena here in Hibbing. Uh, like 500 guests. So uh, nice ceremony, fun night. And the ironic thing is, so I pull out of the house on Sunday morning, I don't know, 1030. Tyler doesn't just live down. I stayed in Hibbing, just lives down the road. And uh, there he is, 1030 in the morning. Nice. Look good and everything. I said, what's going on? I said, we had to go because they rented to rent all the chairs and tables to bring into that arena. So I had to put them on pallets and everything. But um, I said, nice celebration. A lot of racers there, obviously. But uh, yeah, congrats to both of you. Yeah, donkey award to me for not getting back and making it to that wedding. I was invited. I wish I could have been there. And, uh, Tyler, I'm just going to say it, man. You way, way out kicked your punt coverage on that one. Congratulations. Way, way. (laughs) Totally, yeah. So more Kennedy Swan news, eh? 
Yeah, so we talked about her maybe going to a late model, and I know the news is already out. People know it, but it sounds like she's going A-Mod racing in 2023. And I tell you what, a lot of people have asked, does she really? can she really get behind a four-barrel? I mean, is she going to wreck the field? She's got car control. I don't care, boy, girl, whatever, right, 15 years old. She's got more car control than most 15-year-olds I've ever seen in my life. She knows how to get around, around the racetrack. I would not be surprised to see her win multiple features in that A-Mod in her rookie year. All right, we got a new late model debuting at the Legendary. USRA late model, right? USRA late model. Bert, did you see the news on this one? Uh, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> Little Hammer. Little Hammer. So the Hermantown Hammer, another generation. Of course, Billy Nelson, Hall of Famer, right? Legendary, right? Daryl Nelson and several siblings, right? Raced. The next generation, Cade Nelson, going to be, he tried to debut it here a few weeks back and had engine problems and hot laps and get out, didn't get out there. But he's making his debut at the Legendary 100. Hey, congratulations, Cade. Looking forward to seeing that next generation. A little bit sad, though, because I have a feeling that Daryl Nelson's days are numbered as soon as Cade starts getting behind the wheel of a big car. <laughs> All right, some uh, news out of Indiana and Hoosier. Yeah, why don't you take this one? Well, I didn't get all the details, but the bottom line is being what a a new compound coming out well, for car. Okay, you go then. You go. Yeah, so I, I got the headline. The new, new tire rule looking like for open late model racing. And it sounds like all late models through the country are going to get one of these four tires. And it, I don't know if they're going to call it A, B, C, D or whatever it's going to be. But there's going to be four compounds out there. From what I understand, Wasoda might be implementing them tires too. They might be maybe on the C. No siping, no grooving. Going to be a lot of tire prep people out of a job. Um, Brent B1 Bomber, Mel- Melanie, you're going to be fired. You ain't going to have no more tires to work on. No more tire work there. But uh, there, I don't. The jury's still out. We're going to see how it works out. But they realize there's an issue. And the one thing, from what I understand, the biggest thing behind this is. Hoosier is narrowing it down to four late model tires throughout the country. If you're on Hoosier tires, you're going to be on one of these four tires. So the positive is it should help with the tire shortage because they don't have to make as many, right? They don't have to make as many, as many kinds of tires. So I think it's going to be a good thing, but we'll see how that works out in 2023. We'll have more news on that as we move forward. All right. Time for our standings. As you can, for those of you watching, you can see, Bert stretching it out, stretching it out. 128 points. I'm still in second at 122. Ryan at 112. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Jeff, Mike, Brad, I don't know if you can catch us at this point. It's getting, getting to be towards the end of the year here, but uh, you never know if you have a big week. But uh, so so there's the current points. You can see what kind of what we're picking this week. Of course, there's a lot of racing going on. Um, you know, was Auto 100. We got the legendary. We got Knoxville. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So, uh, big, big, uh, big week in the racing. So, with that being said, I mean, predictions, thoughts. You know, what what you most looking forward to for the weekend, boys? Bert. Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to the Dirt Kings race partly because I plan on going to Seymour and watching it, and and it might be my last race in person of the year. So, so I'm looking forward to that uh, in, in case it is my last race of the year. But um, I mean, in the past, the Wissota 100 was always something special to me. I, you know, 
Um, to me, it was always a big deal. And now, you know, it's the Wasoda 100. I, I don't even know where it's being held or if they're having two Wasoda 100s or, or what. And, you know, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of lost some of its luster. And partly because, I mean, you have the legendary going at Cedar Lake on the same weekend. Well, I will say this. The legendary ain't going to get many cars. They're going to get the Wisconsin cars, and that's about it. The, the car counts will be way down in the fan count over at Cedar Lake. It is what it is. You know, I, I love the place. It's awesome. But let's face it, the legendary 100, they should just get rid of that show, focus on everything else they do, right, and then just let there be. There's one with Soda 100. It's, it's at the I-94 Surstep Speedway. Sounds like there's going to be several people that typically would be at Cedar that are heading west. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But see, it's still the legendary for me because it's just nostalgic. You know, that was, like you said, like Bert said, I mean, that was the place. There's still something about the second weekend of September and it is Cedar Lake. Um, So, you know, that's, that's still, I mean, I, I, I still don't like that Knoxville moves. You remember Knoxville used to be the same weekend as Ashland. And then about what, four years ago, they kind of moved. It was getting a little chilly in Iowa. Those Iowa farmers didn't like it. So they moved it, you know, a couple of weeks sooner uh, I love Ashland too, but there's no way I'm going to Ashland and wearing a snowmobile suit. I mean, last time I was there, <laughs> we'll Ryan, watch, was in 1990. We'll watch, were, huh? Yeah, we'll watch that online. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch, watch that online. Last <laughs> time I was there in the 97, I believe you blew an, blew an engine the first night in a super stock, but I, I was in college then, so I, the cold didn't bother me. I probably didn't have booze in me. I didn't even know which planet I was. I didn't know what state <laughs> I was in. I was, I was going to go over to Burt's and stay in his basement. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's kind of still the legendary, but obviously a lot of good stuff on tap. How about you, Ryan? Let me ask you this. You're late model guys, legendary 100, over and under, 20 late models. I'll take over on 20. I wouldn't go 30. <laughs> I wouldn't even go 25. I'll go I'll go over. But, and I agree with Puka, not by much, though, but I'll go over on 20. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. There's going to be way, way, way more cars at I-94 than there is at Cedar Lake. It just is what it is. So, I... I'm looking forward to the Wasota 100. Oh, battery's getting low. I'm getting. I'm looking forward to the Wasota 100. I like both events, but you know the Wasota 100 is, is still the event of our region. Um, you're going to have the vast majority of the top drivers from our region at the Wasota 100. It sucks that Eastern Wisconsin is no longer a part of Wasota because there were some good drivers that came over. Obviously none of them guys are coming to Cedar Lake, right? Cause they all got a dirt Kings race to race on Saturday. So they're not going to be coming over to the legendary either, but you know, Knoxville, I mean, let's face it. We were talking about that earlier on our text feed. It's sprint car country. It is what it is, right? It's still going to be a good show. We will watch it, but it's sprint car country, but uh, the Wasota 100 for me, I'm excited for that one. I 94, they've done a great job with that racetrack. It's a beautiful facility. Um, quite honestly it's it's a modern day cedar lake right i mean it's they kind of built it after cedar they got grandstands around it if you guys haven't been there you need to get there because they they do a good job over uh in fergus falls minnesota oh yeah i've seen a lot of streaming there that track is definitely badass all right so fans comment on where you're going what you're looking most forward or looking forward to the most this weekend anything else boys no, I'm good. I Well, I got one last thing. I guess I should say this. So I'm going racing this week, and I'm going Saturday. And uh, Dave Dulciak is going to lay down an ass whooping on the boys. they got a street stock special over there. He's got he's got the bridesmaid stuff going down. He's, he's got lots of seconds. Got another second the last time out. 
he's going to win. I should have put that down. My lock of the week, he's winning Saturday night for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Please subscribe. We're here every single week, all year round. Like I said, episode 145. So please subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, podcast, wherever you are, podcast. Leave us a little review. We'd appreciate that. That'd be great. Give us a like, all that good stuff. Uh, merchant swag, still have a little bit available. Probably have more after the new year. Uh, but, you know, just track us down. I've been doing a little bit of shipping. We got some of that in the works. Um, thanks to our great partners, Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons Soil and Egg Solutions, Jay Smith Real Estate, Zuli's Race Engines, BuyerRayShirts.com, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Dirt Race Central, Mason Aaron's Videos, the want to go show at gmail.com if you'd like to get a hold of us in a more private way. Otherwise, like I said, just hit us up in the comments. Uh, Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube is where you find us. For Ryan Aho, for Bert Lehman, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream, your tune to the one to go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.